You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident analyst, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that AI. Oh, boy. I When I went to bed, there was a certain amount of news that was to be talked about, and I was ready for that. I was ready to go, and then I wake up, and there's different news. I don't, you know, NFL teams need to start updating their bedtimes, and I'm talking 9 o'clock at the latest. 8 o'clock is preferable. A lot of times these days I'm up till nine. It just, you know, four kids, the bedtime routine is just brutal. Brush your teeth, brush your teeth. Did you brush your teeth? Yes. Did you brush your teeth? No. I saw you in the bathroom. Where did you, what did you do in there? Oh, I played with the water in the sink and then I forgot I was supposed to brush my teeth and I left. Okay. Can you please do that? It is now 8.10. I should be fast asleep. Where did the big one go now? Where did she, she left? Why? What do you mean change the diaper? It's 8, it's, 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 it's 8.30. I have been off the clock for 30 minutes. I, 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 fine, fine. And then you just settle into the fact that you're just going to lose another hour. I, you know, just nine o'clock is bedtime, I guess. But anyways, it, it, let's start with the greatest news of all. The greatest franchise in NFL history, 1986 world champion Super Bowl winning Chicago Bears have locked in another Great quarterback to go in a long, long line. I mean, there is just a lineage of great quarterbacks. And maybe the greatest in franchise history has just joined the Chicago Bears. His name is Andy Dalton. And I got to be honest, I've been having just an amazing, amazing day yesterday and an incredible amount of fun. But I got to be honest, and I think I've said this now several times, I just I can't get myself to hate the Bears anymore. I can't do it. When I grew up in Illinois, that was the only thing. Packers-Bears rivalry. I remember I went to Wisconsin once and my, my grandma told me that she disliked the Vikings more than the Bears. And I was like, what are you talking about? The Vikings? What about the Vikings? And she's like, I mean, the Vikings are kind of tough sometimes. The Bears haven't been good in a very long, it's not even a thing anymore. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I mean, I thought this was like a big thing. And what I came to realize is that Bears fans think the Packers and the Bears rivalry is the biggest thing, just like Brewers fans think like Brewers-Cubs rivalry is a big thing. Packers fans don't care about you, dude. I mean, some Packer fans hate the Bears because it's a cultural thing, and for some of them it's like Bears fans kind of come hot after them or something. Like, Ramage is always getting attacked by I don't even get attacked by Bears fans. I have not gotten attacked by a Bears fan since sixth grade. There was a certain point in time where a switch got flipped, and they all just said, you know what, forget this, I quit. And they just left. And now they spend all their time agreeing with me on everything. I'll sit here and say, Pace is such an idiot. And the Bears fans are first in line to give me a high five. They're pushing Packer fans out of the way, saying, thank you so much. Yes, 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 yes. Subscribed a hundred times. Five stars. iTunes review. Greatest podcast in history. Pace should be shot to the moon. I thought I was going to say shot. That is inappropriate. Talking about a rocket. And he can come back. He just has to stay there for a while. Maybe he can't come back. I don't know, but he'll be fine. We'll give him food. Um, With technology, it's not like he can't see his family. Let's not be so dramatic. But I remember also being in Illinois and and 
you know, occasionally I couldn't care less about baseball, but occasionally you get some baseball diehards. The 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 rivalry was always Cubs and Sox. Cubs fans hate Sox fans. Sox fans hate Cubs fans. And then I come to Wisconsin, and Brewers fans are like, "Oh, the Cubs." It's like, yeah, they they don't care about you like at all. <laughs> they they just don't. Cause the cause the Brewers suck. I mean, maybe it's a little bit different now. I think the Brewers have had a little bit of success recently. I don't know. I that I hear things. I don't know. Don't care. But I mean, it it's it's gone from. Like Bears fans don't really talk trash much anymore. Occasionally they do. Get a little bit of a little little bit more of a pep in their step after 2018. And then in 2019, when I told them that the defense was going to decline and the team wasn't going to be all that great, they got real mad. And then they realized I was right. And then in 2020, when I said regress again, the only thing occasionally they'll get you know iffy about a certain player. Like you know Roquan's not that great. Just give me my one thing, and that's fair. Like just let them have their one thing. Like their fourth round safety, that's kind of trash. Fine, he's the greatest. Just, just take it. I don't care. I always forget the guy's name, and it's a super basic name. It's like John Michaels or something. It's something just, and I cannot get his name down ever. I have to Google it every time. That's how great he is. You know, it's hilarious if you Google Bears safety. The first one that pops up is Haha Clinton Dix. <laughs> that, that franchise is just the gift that keeps on giving. And listen, Bears fans, you only ever get egg on your face when you support your team. You want to sound smart, just agree with whatever we say. Not because we're super smart, but as fans, we just want to laugh at you. And if you jump in and say that was stupid while we're laughing and just agree with us and, you know, come over and we'll do high fives and be best friends, there's no issues. But when we pick up Amos and you guys get ha-ha Clinton dicks and we laugh and say you guys are stupid and you say that you got the better end of that deal, I mean, you gotta, you just got to stop doing that. Like when we got Julius Peppers and you guys got Jared Allen and we were so stupid. Remember that? Or like when Brian Urlacher left and you guys said he was washed up and then your defense was trash until like two years ago? Just stop saying things that support your team and you'll be fine. Like this time, don't step in and say Trubisky's going to be great and that he's going to dethrone Aaron Rodgers. Or don't say Nick Foles is that one piece that we needed. Like just don't say stuff like that. I mean, I, I hate to really stomp on you like that because I want to just give you something. I want to give you a space where you can feel safe and and color with crayons or whatever it is you need to do to feel, you know, comfortable in society. But I think you're just adding to your misery when you when you believe. <laughs> Chicago people are very good at rage. The Midwest nice thing stops right at the line between Wisconsin and Illinois. The Midwest nice thing does not exist in Illinois. It's not a thing. I mean, it's not New York, but it's like the New York of the Midwest. It's probably like a balance of just kind of being normal, but I mean, just go listen to Chicago sports radio sometime. It's nothing but rage 24-7, and it's mostly directed at the Chicago Bears, and I'm just saying you guys are really good at it. That's your thing. Do that thing. Lay into it. We have, we, we've laid into it. This is, the Chicago Bears, as I said yesterday, are my second favorite team. I've locked it in. I get more joy from that team than any other team outside of the Green Bay Packers. I like the Bills, but it's like, you know, I just, it's, it was like a memory of, you know, debauchery in the mud lot. You know, it, it, that was kind of cool, but I mean, whatever. The Bears, though, just the year, 30 years of just beating up on the Bears. 30 years of this is our, well, it's probably like 20 years because you guys have stopped for 10 years, but, tw- but, you know, 20 out of 30 years of this is our year and nothing happens. Helping prove the all-in point where, you know, going all-in does not fix everything. You guys gave away all your money and all your draft picks to go acquire, 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 acquire. You got Khalil Mack, 17 different wide receivers, all these different guys you go and pick up and stick them in there to just, just we're just going to dominate everything. And you got so close. And now you got to pay the piper. 
things are falling apart and they're the, the deterioration is the rate of deterioration is increasing. There was this moment where it's like, man, if they could just get over that hump, if they could just go that direction, and it's like that airlock, you know? Guys are like floating in space and like, man, if we can just close that second airlock door, we can stabilize the ship and we're good. And it's almost closed. And then the door on the outside opens up and everything is just getting sucked out. It's over. You have to eject. You have to get off the ship. But again, you didn't. You didn't do it. I mean, I'm so close to feeling bad for you guys. I just, I'm not there yet. But there, there are times where I start to feel bad because it really is unfair. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't have to be this bad. All you had to do to right the ship, because you still got some great pieces scattered about, a couple of them at least. I mean, when you got Khalil Mack, you got a shot. Just tear the thing down. Tear it down quickly, rapidly. By the time you figure out that this isn't working, Mack is going to be gone. You don't have forever with Khalil Mack. He's going to be gone. And yeah, you're going to have cap space, and that's cool. What are you going to do with it? Spend more money on people that aren't going to help you win? What, are you going to buy somebody better than Khalil Mack? No, you're not. And you can't buy a quarterback. You've tried that. It doesn't work. Nobody wants to play for you. That list was fake. Yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson wants to go play for the Dallas Cowboys, the Chicago Bears, and you know, the the Browns. Just whatever. I do. It's stupid. Stupid joke. As long as there's a no trade clause, you're not getting a quarterback to commit to you. You have to fix the team first. If you had something to appeal to a quarterback, maybe you could do it. Maybe you could make a case for it. Or Better yet, tear down. And here's the, here's the part that really hurts. As of right now, and this is subject to change. In fact, I think a lot of this is wrong. I've already started looking at the 2022 draft, and I'm absolutely loving it. In fact, I've completed a 2022 mock draft that I plan on uh, releasing next week. Pretty excited about it. But in that draft, I believe there were nine quarterbacks selected. Now, some of those guys are not going to be in there. In fact, it looks like this has been updated already. Um quite a bit because now there's only three um, in the top whatever but whatever lots of quarterbacks in contention it's another strong quarterback class at least at the top as of right now Sam Howell Kedon Slovis and Tyler Shaw are the three quarterbacks that are considered they're, they're number one four and five overall not on this list that I expect to be in the top five come next year unless he completely falls off is quarterback out of Oklahoma Spencer Rattler he was probably the best of the group um, but the draft community, at least the guys putting together 22, 2022 mocks or big boards or whatever, have not come around to it yet. But the point is, if you guys do enough to win seven, eight games, you're out of the range. I'm not, I, I shouldn't be trying to help you, but the pity that I'm feeling is ridiculous. I mean, and think about it. What if Andy Dalton is an improvement? I think the worst case scenario, I mean, that there's, there's no good scenario, but you've really got, assuming that it is a Foles, and an Andy Dalton competition, you've got two ways that this can go. And I'm, I'm skeptical that that's even going to be the case because it just seems like, it feels like that's impossible. Option one, Nick Foles wins and you wasted, what, 10 million bucks? Or you paid that much money for Andy Dalton to be your backup. That's not great. Although you also paid Foles and, you know, there's, there's that. Option two, which I think is even worse, is that Andy Dalton wins and Andy Dalton is better. Because Andy Dalton is not going to win you a Super Bowl. We learned that in Cincinnati. He actually wasn't the worst quarterback in the world. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Matt Stafford. At his peak, he, he was Matt Stafford and, and possibly better. At certain years, he was better than Stafford. Him and A.J. Green just lit up the league. There was just, you know, there was nothing else. And when it got time to be playoff time, the guy just crashed and burned. 
there was just no way. If this guy wins and he's an improvement, you're then going to be worse in the draft. And I know you're not supposed to think that way. Oh, it's not how it works, blah, 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 blah. It is. It is how it works. The draft is important because the draft is important. It's one of the most important things for the success of a football team. If the draft is important, then when you draft and who you draft is important. In fact, that goes without saying. The draft is only helpful if you draft good players. If one of the players that you need is a quarterback and there's no good quarterbacks, you're in trouble. I, uh, I'm in a group chat with some people from the Fan to Fan Network uh, community, whatever, the YouTube thing, I don't know. But I reached out to uh, Faison. I don't know if it's meant to sound Italian like that or if it's Faison or how that works. But anyways, I just, I just sent out a message. I think he was writing or making a video at the time, so he didn't respond or he's just extremely depressed. But I just kind of was like, oh, sorry, man. And somebody piped up and said, I think this is proof that they're going to get a rookie quarterback. First of all, I don't know how you get to that conclusion. I didn't argue with the guy. I just left it alone. But even if that's the case, who? Who are they getting? The top quarterbacks in the draft are gone. They could possibly get Mac Jones if he even falls that far, which I'm skeptical. I think you got a lot of teams earlier on that are looking at quarterback. You got the Carolina Panthers. You've got the Denver Broncos. You got other teams. You got the 49ers that are looking at quarterback, and they're, I mean, they're looking at guys like Andy Dalton, like Teddy Bridgewater, and you're telling me they're too good for Mac Jones? I don't know about all that. So again, it, it, you can't just say we're going to draft a quarterback. In this morally superior position where you don't concern yourself with the draft, you just win. It's silly. Now, granted, if you're the GM and the head coach and the football players themselves, as individuals, you have to worry about winning football games. That's, that's your job is on the line if you don't win. So you're kind of in a catch-22. But as, a, as an observer from the outside, I can tell you the worst-case scenario is for you to find a way to win 9 or 10 games. Best-case scenario is you completely fall flat on your face, and you get a top-five pick, and you get one of these top guys. I don't think there's any way you guys go 0-16, but if you did, you're looking at Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler or whoever, whoever ends up being the top dog. Just, 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 just my thoughts on it. Alex Mack of the Falcons has just signed with the 49ers. That's interesting. Be interesting to see how much that guy costs. I'm guessing a lot. And the 49ers are keeping Trent Williams. So, look, the 49ers are similar to the Packers. Offensive line is important. Running the ball is important. It seems like Matt LaFleur is emphasizing running backs more than Kyle Shanahan does. Kyle Shanahan just wants a good offensive line, and the rest will work itself out. Matt LaFleur is like, no, I want some horses. He had the ability to coach Derrick Henry, and he's got a taste for blood. He just wants great running back. But... Under no circumstances do I think that Matt LaFleur is going to neglect the offensive line. I'm, I'm saying all that to say that I still think it's a massive priority when, it, when draft time comes. Um, I think I'm going to take a break now. I did, as always, get a late start, a little later than usual. And uh, before I launch into some other things, since I'm in a bit of a ranty mood, let's take a break here. couple things. Number one, I've taken the role on myself of actively recruiting for more podcasts for the network. I haven't been asked to do this, but I want it to be a thing. I'm probably going to just reach out directly to some podcasters or whatever, but if you or someone you know is a podcaster in the uh, sports arena, doesn't have to just be football, let me know. Now, unfortunately, I'm talking to Packers fans, and I'm not really looking for Packers podcasts. I'm looking to fill out the rest of the teams. But if you know somebody, again, let me know. There are thresholds, so if you're just starting out or whatever, it's not going to work out. Looking in and around 5,000 downloads a month. So again, if you know somebody that's doing a podcast that can reach that threshold, tell them that I can make them a lot of money and that they should talk to me. By a lot, I mean, shut up, you're not making any money right now, just come talk to me. It's a lot considering you're just sitting around talking about sports, all right? 
Also, that applies to YouTube, but it's just for the NFL. Um, fan to fan Network is looking for some other YouTubers. Doesn't have quite as strict a criteria, although I would like to see bigger YouTubers in there. Um, it seems as though the guy at the top is having some problems filling those spots as well. Just baffles me. Seems like it would be the easiest job in the world. And I'm about to find out that it's probably pretty complicated, but I, I just, um, I find it hard to believe that it's difficult to go up to a podcaster that's doing well and is not a part of a network and is not really dealing with advertisers and just say, hey, come over here and I'll throw ads at you. Like, All right. Apparently that's hard to do. I don't know. We'll find out. Challenge accepted. Does anybody know what I'm talking about anymore? Just, just, just leave me alone. Uh, what else? Uh, yesterday I was, um, hanging out with the Game on Wisconsin crew. We did a, uh, a mock draft involving cereal brands. I believe they'll be putting up, if they haven't already, a, uh, a poll where you can vote on who won, who had the best, uh, five cereals in the draft. You can vote on that, but do me a favor, go check them out on YouTube, Game on Wisconsin. Check out the video, subscribe to the channel. Check them out on social media and all that kind of stuff. And, pretty excited, my YouTube channel, finally, it's been really dragging. The numbers have been quite bad lately, but uh, just crossed 3,900. I really would like to get to 4,000 this week. That's probably going to mean I'm going to have to step it up with content, which hopefully means that the Packers are going to have some breaking news by today. There should be some extensions coming up, and so hopefully I'll be running down here or to my car to do some videos. Um, But if you have not subscribed yet to the Packernet, or what is it called? Pack Denny NFL, please do that. That would be fantastic. And finally, that's what it is. This Sunday, I'm doing a group mock draft. Now, if you're just a Packer fan, you're just here for Packers content, I already took the Packers game over. Sorry about that. But it is going to be a seven-round mock draft. There are trades involved. We're doing it Sunday because the family's gone and I can do whatever I want, and that's what I want to do. It is Sunday at 1 o'clock Central. I wanted to set it at a time where everybody's out of bed, people hopefully are not in church anymore, and are available but also not too late where the family comes home and then I need to leave and then I'm sad. I'm not sure when they're coming home. But if that interests you, there's links all over the place. If you can't find the link, just reach out to me and I'll let you know. But let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, in other news, I should probably touch a little bit on um, something else that happened, or actually none of the things that have happened this morning I've talked about yet. One of the things is there are now some allegations against Deshaun Watson. This seems to be becoming a lot more common. It felt like 
you know, back in the past, there were things that would crop up and it was, I mean, you know, there was like surveillance video of somebody doing something. Now there are just kind of these allegations that just kind of float in the air out there. And I, I don't know. I'm not going to make a judgment on what happened because I don't know. Either Deshaun Watson is a victim of somebody who is destroying his character, attacking him, his family, for no reason, in which case he needs support, or he's a predatory piece of garbage, and somebody else is a victim, and I'm not going to defend Deshaun Watson when he's done something horrible. So that's why I'm not going to, I mean, I have my thoughts on what happened, but I'm going to, you know, more or less, more or less keep them to myself. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, have you ever watched those crime shows, and they start laying out the case, and you know, this is what happened, and this is the neighbor, and this is the husband. And you're just sitting there like, the husband did it for sure. The hus- Look at that guy. Look at that, Look at that freaking guy. See his eye twitch, man? That dude's a stone-cold killer. He's crazy. It's not like, I mean, I'm keeping it to myself. And I, I would never want him to go to prison based on my assessment of his eye twitch. You know, I want there to be justice and, and you know, forensics and whatever we got to do to get to the, to the core of what really happened. I'm just sitting back as a spectator, like, guessing, because it's fun like gambling on the family feud at lunch. I mean, it's just, it's a little extra fun. Don't mind me. You guys do the real work. I'm just sitting here kind of guessing. I'm guessing on the sideline, but I don't know what happened. I will say that I I don't know if a team would ever stoop this low. I like to think that a a team wouldn't, but this does not help Deshaun Watson's case of trying to get out of town. We've also, I don't know if we've ever seen a more valuable asset demand to leave a team. Like we've seen Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Maybe Russell Wilson. That that whole thing is weird. I don't know exactly what the situation is there. But Deshaun Watson might even be more valuable than Russell Wilson. In fact, I'd say that he is, based on his age and and I mean what he's been able to do with absolutely nothing. Is there one of the billionaires that own football teams that would consider stooping to this level? I mean, we know this is common practice in politics. We don't like this person. We go scour the earth and find three people that'll make ac- accusations. Don't really care if they're true or not. Maybe they exaggerate. Maybe it never happened at all. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. This is common practice in politics. Is it possible? I don't know. But again, the Texans are not upset with the timing because at the very least, teams got to kind of back off a bit. At least wait to see what happens. It's going to take some of the heat off. And think about it. They don't want to get Deshaun until this is resolved, meaning if they're looking for a quarterback, they may need to look elsewhere. If they're planning on either drafting a quarterback or getting... Deshaun Watson, say you're the Jets and you're thinking about trying to get Deshaun, re- you know, like really considering. Maybe you say, forget it, let's just get a quarterback. Let everybody just fill their need elsewhere and then you alleviate some of the, you know, whatever. Again, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying that the timing is not great. Also, it's not really great when the first communication apparently is lawyer reaches out to Deshaun and demands money. And then when he says no, then he goes out and says, guess what? There's all these allegations. Of which we don't even know what they are yet. It's somebody's filing charges, I guess. I don't know. I hope it's not true. I mean, I, I, it's not even good if it's not true. That's also horrible that somebody would do that to Deshaun Watson. Either way, something terrible is happening to somebody. But I just I just don't like when this stuff happens. You know, it's just we're trying to have a good time. We're trying to just have a football thing. And you got to bring this garbage into football. Keep it out of football. I don't want toxic, poisonous stuff happening. Stop being pieces of garbage. Either Deshaun or this predatory lawyer slash person behind the the curtain stop being garbage please and thank you in other sad news and i had to confirm and reconfirm and reconfirm apparently jamal williams is now a detroit lion the detroit lions 
with running backs are kind of like the Chicago Bears and quarterbacks. They have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried since Barry Sanders and have not really been able to find any that aren't terrible. And they've constantly had guys where it's like, this is the next guy. There's always that one guy like, man, I think this could be it, man. And it just, it, something's wrong. Something's off. And they got carry on and that didn't work. And they got swift and there's like promise, but it's still like, I don't know. Then they go out and get Adrian Peterson because it's just not super great with swift. And Peterson's decent, but he's certainly not the same Adrian Peterson. Now they're going out and getting Jamal. Maybe to just kind of fill that hammer Adrian Peterson role where swift is more of the, you know, swift receiving outside kind of guy. But that's not fun. And that's annoying. And part of me wants to be upset with Jamal Williams, but based on the contract that he got, it seems like there wasn't a massive market. And I have to assume it was one of those things where the Lions just offered the most and, you know, it's not like I have to decide between 27 and 26 million. Where it's like, I don't know, I'll go to the more desirable place for a million less. It's a small percentage of the overall total. Jamal's not getting exactly, you know, not exactly bankrolling here. And he just he just took the best available offer. So, And he, he put himself in a good position to kind of win outright. Uh, again, there, there's guys that the Lions are going to try to push to the forefront. But at the same time, the new regime did not draft any of these guys. The first running back that the new regime brought in was Jamal Williams. Plus, there's that annoyance of, of having the intel, you know, explaining to them how the offensive line works and how the running back group works and, you know, the checks and the calls by Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. We got to change all that stuff, which I'm sure we do every year every, anyways, but it's still just super annoying. Then again, he's in such a bad position right now. Now that I think about it, I mean, it's he's probably going to face some stacked boxes, as weird as that sounds. Kenny Galladay's leaving. Marvin Jones, the number two, just signed with the Jaguars. He's gone. Danny Amendola is a free agent. Mohamed Sanu is a free agent. He's re- reunited with Geronimo. So there's that. But legitimately, Geronimo Allison, as of right now, unless they re-sign Amendola or Sanu, Geronimo Allison is their number one wide receiver, slash Quintez Cephas. That's, that's, your, that's your number one, your number two, and your entire wide receiver group. There's nobody else. There's a couple uh, practice squad guys, Tyrell Williams, Victor Bolden, and Tom Kennedy. Exactly. I've never heard of him either. But as far as guys that are starting, Geronimo Allison and Quintez Cephas, that's it. That's the entire group. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, Mohamed Sanu are free agents. Marvin Jones is already gone. Kenny Galladay is probably gone. Mohamed Sanu is 32 years old. Danny Amendola is 36 years old. I had no idea he was that old. I think he may be retired after this. I think best case scenario is they re-sign 32-year-old Mohamed Sanu. And part of this may be negotiation from the Lions because, as has been reported yesterday in somewhat of a uh, unfortunate manner, if you know, you know, uh, the the wide receiver pool is cooling off. And this is the part that I've kind of talked about where you're going to have a larger pool of guys that are available than teams that, that want you. And so right out of the gate, there's a flurry and guys are getting paid and they're getting paid what they want to get paid because everybody wants that one guy. With the exception of Kenny, apparently set the market too high, which seems to be a problem with him because the Lions wanted to keep him too, and he's being stubborn. And they're like, all right, forget it then. And now he left, and all these teams are punching themselves up. They got their wide receiver. These teams are just signing guys, and they're like, all right, I guess we're good. Even if they're getting guys that aren't great, like they'd rather have Kenny Galladay, but I guess we're just going with uh, Nelson Aguilar. So we're going to have to draft somebody. But the point is, those teams are bowing out, and we got a big old pile of wide receivers still available. And so what happens is the prices have to start dropping. Otherwise, you're at risk of just not having a team. Because it's not just wide receivers. We may be, for example, let's look at the Packers. Let's say the Packers wanted to sign Kenny Galladay. They probably, I'm sure they don't because they can't afford him, but let's just say. 
if they're trying to negotiate with Kenny and it's just not working, it's just not working, it's just not working, and they have a breakthrough with a with a top tier cornerback, and they sign that top tier cornerback, if Kenny comes back and says, "All right, I'll meet your meet your demands. I'll, I'll, I will. I'm willingly lowering my number so that I can sign with." What are the Packers going to say? Sorry, dude, it's too late. We don't have money anymore. We signed this cornerback. So it's not just wide receiver. It's teams are spending what available resources they have, and they can no longer afford Kenny Galladay. And that's I'm just using him as an example, but that's true of everybody. So as more and more people get signed, and you have these position groups with lots of people in them, apparently the wide receiver group is really cooling off, which is good for the Packers. Although they may not be looking for a wide receiver. It sounds like they're looking for you know corner, defensive line, whatever. But I can't help but realize that Will Fuller is still available. The Packers have not done anything in free agency yet and are about to free up a bunch of money. The wide receiver numbers are plummeting because, I mean, there's three Detroit Lions wide receivers still looking for jobs right now. Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, Mohamed Sanu. That's just the, the Lions guys. But, I mean, you know, Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, Sammy Watkins, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, these are kind of big names. These are guys that could go for a decent chunk of money. And they're all still available. And how many teams still want wide receivers? Rashard Higgins, Antonio Brown. And that's just on this top 100 list. We, we didn't even get to the three Detroit Lions, which goes to show you, again, how many guys are out there. And these again, these are big names. These are good football players. Kenny Galladay is a 27-year-old stud. He's a legit wide receiver one. Curtis Samuel is a stud. Juju Smith-Schuster was talented. I don't know what his deal is anymore. He kind of fell off. I know some people are like, why don't you want Juju? Is it just because of his TikToks? That's ridiculous. No, it's because he's been trash for a while. It's because his attitude went from like this really, really great guy that Antonio Brown was kind of having beef with, and he's just a good dude doing good things for the neighborhood. He's one of the most ascending wide receivers in football. In the last two years, he just hasn't done jack squat. And his attitude has tanked just as his play tanks. So we can try to blame Ben all we want, but I don't think that's it. He just stopped caring. And his play is reflecting it. He's out on the field. And it's, you know, I saw somebody say something about, you know, how is it fair that you're mad at Juju for dancing, but not Jamal? Jamal Sella, he dances before games and he celebrates after big play. Juju, while he's in line waiting for the ball to be snapped, is doing TikToks. That's a guy that doesn't care. He's on the line of scrimmage where the ball's about to be snapped and he's doing TikToks. That's stupidity. It's nowhere near the same thing. Will Fuller is 26 years old. And, and again, a lot of these guys, Sammy Watkins, T.Y., they're probably looking for big old payday. And again, right now, the market is cooled off to a point where nobody's willing to meet any of these numbers. So they're going to have to start coming down a little bit. But man, 27-year-old Sammy Watkins, 26-year-old Will Fuller, 24-year-old Juju Smith-Schuster, 24-year-old Curtis Samuel, Richard Higgins is 26. That's crazy, man. And again, that's just a fraction of the guys available. And like I said, I, I can't get my mind off of Will Fuller. And it's not just because I like him, and I do. It's because we know the Packers like him. Regardless of what I think, they've tried several times to get him. They tried to trade for him. The Texans said no. They tried to get him a second time. The Texans said no. Two seconds later, he, he fails some, some drug test or whatever, or head use, or I don't remember what it was. So unless that just that was the, the nail in the coffin, the thing that just said, you know what, I don't want him anymore because he, you know, took protein with a little extra protein in it or something. I don't know. Unless that just completely killed it for him, which I completely doubt. Aaron Jones got busted for weed. The weed. He just got a big extension. Zadarius was, you know, driving around in a car with the weed. With Rashawn Gary in the back. Rashawn's going to get paid. Zadarius is going to get paid. So I just, I don't think they care. It's not like he's shooting up heroin with nine-year-olds. You know, I mean, it's, I don't, I may, I, maybe, I don't know. What do I know? 
But again, they they love the guy, and they've been pushing real hard. And you just know, I mean, when when Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekunst just get locked into a guy, it's it's for a reason. They really believe this is going to be a game changer for him. And they've been locked into Will Fuller for a long time. And he's just sitting there. And they don't have to go through the Texans anymore. And 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 look, it might not just be that these guys have too much money. It might just be that there's a big competition. Right? There's a lot of teams and they're going back and forth. And, you know, the Packers could just be trying to keep him on the line. Because eventually, if you got one of these other teams to say, forget you guys, I'm going with T.Y. Good. All right. Perfect. One less team to compete with. Because I think Will wants to come to the Packers too. So he's not going to be quick to hang up the phone on the Packers and go somewhere else. So I, you know, I, and again, I don't know how much money we're going to have. We got to see what exactly the Packers are about to do. Um, I don't even know exactly what is official right now. And I don't know if anybody really knows. I think, uh, I'm trying to think what the latest from Ken Ingles was. It looks like about uh, $9 million in the hole right now. And part of that, by the way, I should add, is because we have. Um, essentially kept, not that it's official, but we have kept Chandon Sullivan and uh, Robert Tunyon. And the Robert Tunyon thing kind of surprised me, and I talked about this on the podcast a while ago as part of the confusion that I had um, as far as how we're going to end up keeping them, because there is going to be a market for them. And so you kind of have to use a second-round tender if you want to keep them or just give them like a longer-term contract. Because if you use the original round tender, which comes with a cost but a much lower cost, because each tender, you have to pay a certain amount of money to put that tag on a guy or tender or whatever. He was an undrafted free agent. So obviously teams are going to be making offers. So that's not going to work. But with a second round tender, somebody has to basically be willing to give up a second round pick to the Packers to get him. So the Packers have to use that, but then they, they, then they have to pay for it. Which I, I guess it just goes to show his value a little bit, which is a good thing. It, it shows that there's a market for him and it shows that the Packers want to keep him and they're willing to pay to keep him. Uh, it looks like it's about $3.4 million, which is less than I thought. I guess it's somewhat of a no-brainer. It's about $2 million to use the right of first refusal, which is sort of the original, I believe that's the original round tender or whatever. Maybe it's not. Maybe it has nothing to do with that. It's just if somebody makes an offer, we can match that offer. But but I mean, if we allowed, if we use that tender and somebody comes out and says, we want to pay Robert Tunyon $6 million, we would have to pay $6 million to keep him. We can now keep him for $3.384 million. So again, kind of a no-brainer there. Um, on top of that, we do have right of first refusal on Chandon Sullivan. Again, somebody can swoop in and take him, but I think they used it because they feel confident that there isn't a big enough market that somebody's going to come in and try to compete with us for Chandon Sullivan. It's possible they do it to try to win him away, but that's a high-risk proposition for somebody else because, again, the uh, we're already paying $2.1 million. So if somebody comes in and says $3 million, you have to be willing to pay him $3 million. I'm glad that we're putting the tender on him. I don't think he's going anywhere, and I'm glad about that because um, not only do I like Chandon Sullivan as a player, um, I mean, he's not elite, but he's, he's, he's solid. He's, a, he's a, a quality guy that can play. We need the depth. I mean, we're, we're, we were ready to lose Chandon and Kevin King, and that was going to be kind of brutal. And now it seems like it's just Kevin King, and I, I think we can survive that. Obviously, we got to find somebody to fill that void. But again, if we get pretty much anybody in free agency, I'm confident that it's going to be on that level. And even if we don't, we get a draft pick. Again, Kevin King has, he's been bad. And I, I don't know how else to put it. Anyways, um, Tremont Williams is also retiring. I really was hoping there was going to be one last hurrah. Not that I thought it was happening. I just was hoping it was happening. And it involved Casey Hayward also coming back. You got old school, you got new school. Jair, Darnell Savage, Tremont Williams, Casey Hayward. And, and I guess Chandon. It would have been cool. But anyways, I got to end it there. Gots to get going. I'm already 20 minutes over time. 
dangerously close to the I'm not going to be able to shower before work territory, and nobody wants that. So I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I don't know how it's only Wednesday. Apparently it's only Wednesday. I think that's a lie. I'm, I'm very upset about this. But enjoy whatever day it is, probably Thursday, possibly Friday, and I will catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye.